Hi, welcome back to the Armchair Detectives. Just a quick content warning before we get started. There's mention of sexual assault, rape, and murder in this episode. So if you would like to click off, this is your warning. And if you would like to continue, I hope you enjoy this episode. People would ask me that in middle school or elementary school, and I was like, my parents are McDonald's. I wouldn't be living in Texas. Facts. People in middle school used to ask me if I was directly from Africa and if there were toilets there. <laughs> what? I'd be like, yeah, there are toilets there. Also, I'm from Texas. I was microaggression, but that's just straight up. Like, <laughs> imagine, imagine you're at daycare and you're playing Just Dance too. Some kids go up to you and hey, and they're like, hey, hey, are you from, are you from Africa? And you're like, what? I'm playing Toxic by Britney Spears. This is a bad time. <laughs> Most um, kids, when they would find out I'm Asian, they would try to speak Asian to me. And I would be like, what does speak that mean? Asian? They would say, I'm going to speak Asian to you. That's actually what Bryn did to me today. Tisha wouldn't stop saying stuff like that, saying yearbook, and people kept giving me weird looks in yearbook. Like, they thought I was being serious. She tweeted it. Like, I heard Tisha say, I heard Brent says she's silencing all Asian voices. Yeah, and then, there was a sign and then, there was a sign that said honk for Asian lives and Brent deliberately did not honk. <laughs> not even the bare minimum. Well, Brent. <laughs> it was only a little bit of force on the horn. Come on, Brent. I know you do more than that on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> okay so anyway um welcome back to the detectives i hope you all enjoyed that little intro this is actually our last episode so sad of this, this is tragic everyone i will tragic. be hey maggie i might your book tomorrow i'm gonna mute y'all what Anyway, um, this is hopefully not the last episode for Brendan and Maggie, but it is for me and Amani today, and Alina is currently not here. She is asleep. She actually is asleep in my house, so I can stare at her whenever I want. No, I got on mute for that one. Hey, Alina, you got to get out of there. No, she's okay. Don't speak for her. Anyway, um, it's been... I don't know what this is like the 16th episode 16 weeks of 16 weeks of murder Maggie's 16 Maggie is 16 I'm literally 17 now (laughs) yeah it was their birthday like yesterday it was no it was on Tuesday it was on Tuesday why didn't no one I know I gave them a bag of donuts. You guys are all fake. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Imani. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Maggie. I did not. (laughs) Really discounted that for a second. I gave you donuts. Yeah. When's my birthday? I don't know. Um, You are November 5th. No. I know. What is it? A little warning as I turn up my gain for a second. What is your it's birthday? November 13th. Oh. Well, sorry. Is it the 13th? Hashtag sorry, not sorry. It is. Anyway, um, how are y'all doing? How, Amani, how do you feel about graduating? Amani, you're not <laughs> muted. Oh, never mind. She's just. 
Oh my god. She's lip syncing. Imani. Imani? Hello. That's so embarrassing. Okay, I can hear you now. What? How do you feel about graduating is what Lauren asked. I said it feels trippy. You definitely did not say anything the first time. <laughs> I can play back the recording. You didn't say anything. <laughs> um, yeah. Especially because I haven't, like, been in school, like, in the physical building more than three or four times this year. It feels weird. Yeah. If you're talking right it's now. Not that, it's not that exciting in the school building. True. I can vouch even though I go for one class period. I <laughs> I always meant to be like, hey Yonda, I'm gonna come in like next nine weeks just for broadcast, and then I just didn't. So it would have been so exciting. Wait, what period are you in? Um fourth. Uh, oh wait, yeah, it would have been so exciting. Well, you missed your chance to meet me so to the zooms i'm so sorry yonda i just forget that it's a class i do my part i, I carry my little basket so you, you upload the podcast i do upload the podcast almost every single week for 16 weeks True. That's like, well, there were like two weeks in there where there were. Hey, hey, it, down. hey, hey, hey. One hey. of them was a storm and one of them was snow. One of them was a storm, one of them was a tornado, so. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's valid. Sure. We had to stop co- recording midway through because of the silence. Yeah, I think I have the beginning somewhere in my computer that's like, hey, welcome. I wanna hear it. That'd be so funny. I was at work, so I couldn't go. It was really funny. It was like five seconds. Literally, Lauren started and she was like, Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. And then Amani's sister came in and was like, uh, we have a tornado coming our way. And Amani was like, Well, got to go, guys. And then it, it was just me. It was like it was like the second she said that, I was like, We ignore those, Brianna. I was gonna turn back and like say my case, and then all of a sudden there were sirens outside my window. I was like, oh, oh, it's real. I didn't know the sirens like went off, uh, you know, but I don't think any tornado like actually happened. I think it was just hail, but I'm glad I was at work or else my car would have been like totally. My first thought was, oh my God, when are we going to record this week? That was your biggest uh, concern? Yeah, and then <laughs> we're fostering puppies, so I was like, oh my God, the puppies. They were fine. They didn't even know anything was happening. How do you, like, obtain the puppies? I don't know. My mom just brings them home. We have three. I want to meet the human. We have two new ones. Oh, I want to. One I don't want the puppy in, like, multiple years. I want to play with the puppies. Hugh is a toy Aussie, and we're actually keeping him. And then we have two Rottweilers right now. One is Jennifer, and one is Fernando. Oh my god, that's so cute. Aww. I don't know if you're fostering them. I don't know how they got into my house. My mom <laughs> was like, they're here. And I was like, huh? She finds them on the side of the road. We had two two weeks ago. I don't even know where they are. <laughs> no, they're, they're actually at my house. I have no <laughs> idea. Anyway, um, would anybody like to start us off with a little case? 
printing mine just so I can get it out of the way because I've actually had this case for about three weeks now. Oh, really? yeah. Lauren Miller rolling her eyes. I love that for you, Lauren Miller. <laughs> I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. All right. They Take it away. Absolutely demolishing an Oreo right now. I'm going to talk about Robert Hansen, the Butcher Baker serial killer. You know, you know, the good stuff. All right. So basically, it was like the mid-1970s, and this is in Alaska, by the way, which is why he got away with it for so long. I just want everyone to know. Um, basically, it was like a frontier town. I forget the name of it, but he lived in a frontier town. And it was pretty, like, based. That sounds awful, but anywhere. It was like, um, you know, small community. Um, but it was also like very like off the grid. Like if all of them were to disappear, um, no one would care. That's how small like the town was. But anyway. So um, anyway, starts with this dude, Robert Hansen, who from like the get go was a bad guy, like arrested for trying to burn down his high school type of guy. Yeah. He was kind of <laughs> wacky, but um, basically, uh, oh, this is bad. Hold on. Basically, he was arrested for trying to burn down um, a Pocahontas County Board of Education school bus garage as revenge for his unpopularity in high school. Um, great guy. He served 20 months in a three-year prison sentence at the Anamosa State Penitentiary. During his incarceration, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. At the time, it was called manic depression with periodic schizophrenic, with periodic schizophrenic episodes. The psychiatrist who made a diagnosis noted that Hansen also had an infantile personality and was obsessed with getting back at people who felt had wronged him. Hanson's wife at the time, surprised he got married, filed for a divorce while he was incarcerated, fair enough. And then over the next few years, he was jailed several times for petty theft. In 1967, he moved to Alaska with his second wife, whom he had married in 1963, and with whom he had two children. Um, in Anchorage, he was well-liked by his neighbors and set several local hunting records, you know, foreshadowing. In December 1971, Hansen was arrested twice, first for abducting and attempting to rape an unspecified housewife. Um, he got, just to say something, he got off that charge by giving the, um, the jury donuts and coffee. So, yeah. And then the second time he was sentenced to about five years in prison for the same crime, which is great. But um, he received another psychiatric treatment for his bipolar disorder, um, but then he was released. Um, he is believed to have begun killing around 1972. His, you know, motive, I don't know what to call it. His, usually his MO was, um, he would pick up a sex worker in his car, force her at gunpoint to his cabin, where he would rape her, and then 
fly her out to a secluded area and then hunt her as if she were like a wild animal before shooting and stabbing her. On June 13th, 1983, Hanson offered 17-year-old Cindy Paulson $200 to perform oral sex in his car. Then she got into the car, he pulled a gun on her and drove her to his home in Muldoon, where he held her captive and proceeded to torture and rape her. She later told police that after Hanson chained her by the neck to post in the house's basement, he took a nap on the nearby couch. When he awoke, he put her in her car and took her to Merrillfield Airport, where he told her that he intended to take her out to his cabin. Paulson crouched in the back of the seat and with her wrist cuffed to her body and saw a change, well, chance to escape when Hansel was busy loading the, pilot, the airplane's cockpit. And she ran away and basically like hitched the ride back into town. She told the police that she left her blue sneakers in the passenger side floor of the sedan's back seat as evidence that she had actually been in the car. Hansel panicked and chased her, but Paulson made it to Sixth Avenue first and managed to flank on a passing truck. Um, now, great for her. Um, the Anchorage Police Department officers arrived at the Mush Inn where they were told that a young woman had taken a cab to the Big Timber Motel. ABD officers arrived at room um, 110 of the Big Timber Motel and found Paulson still handcuffed and alone. And then she was taken to, you know, headquarters. And, sorry, stating that Paulson was trying to cause trouble for him because he would not pay her extortion demands. Yeah. Although Hanson was several, oh, sorry. Although Hanson had several prior run-ins with the law, his meek demeanor and humble occupation as a baker, along with his alibi from his friend, John Henning, kept him from being considered a serious suspect and the case went cold. So Detective Glenn Froth of the Alaska State Troopers had been part of the team investigating the discovery of several bodies in and around Anchorage Seward. And I don't know, the, I can't pronounce his name. The Mo the Mananuska Sistina Valley area. The first of the bodies was found by construction workers near Ekaluna Road. The body was dubbed Ekaluna Annie by investigators and was never identified. Later that year, the body of Joanna Messina was discovered in a gravel pit near Seaward. And in 1982, the remains of 23-year-old Sherry Morrow were discovered in a shallow grave near Nick River. Bluff had three bodies and was to look for one killer. He contacted the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, Special Agent John Douglas, and requested help with a criminal psychology profile based on the three recovered bodies. Douglas said the killer would be experienced in hunting with low self-esteem and a history of being rejected by women and would feel compelled to keep souvenirs of his murders, such as the victim's jewelry. He also suggested that the assailant might stutter using this profile um, both investigated possible suspects until they reached Hansen, who fit the profile and on the plane. So basically, you know, they put him on trial and with Paulson's testimony, along with the profile, uh, they received a warrant to search Hansen's plane, vehicles, and home. On October 27, 1983, investigators uncovered jewelry belonging to some of the missing women, as well as an array of firearms in the corner hideaway of the Hansen's attics. Also, they also found an aeronautical chart with 37 little X marks on it hidden behind Hansen's headboard. Many of these marks matched the sites where prior bodies had been found and others were discovered later. 
Um, when confronted with the evidence found in his home, Hansen denied it as long as he could, but eventually began to blame the woman and try to justify his actions, eventually confessing to each item of evidence as it was presented to him. And um, Hansen's earliest victims were women, usually between 16 and 19, and not prostitutes, unlike the victims who led to his discovery. Yeah. He sounds like one creepy dude. I, I still can't believe this dude got off the first time because he had donuts and coffee. Yeah, that part is pretty crazy. Oh, that just tells you, uh, if you're ever in a tough spot and uh, you need to get away with murder and rape, uh, just have donuts and coffee at the ready. Is he white? Yes. So you also probably have to be white. But also, you have to be a white male with bipolar disorder. And I don't know. Imagine like being on that jury though. And like just yeah. watching everybody be like, oh, he couldn't have done it. Like he got us like breakfast or whatever. I mean, to be honest, if a man came in and he's like shy and he's got a stutter and he's like, hey, I've got you some donuts. I feel like you'd be a little biased because you have to remember, even though this was like jury of his peers and they're supposed to be impartial, it was an extremely small town in Alaska and they all know each other. No, I, mean, I don't trust men like that. This dude's like the town baker. You know, That's they go there every day to get donuts and cake. Like, mm. but like, it's not still icky, like that. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, that that just makes me so angry. I just watched yeah. money demolish an Oreo. <laughs> so quick. She wrestled it. She wrestled it to the ground. She punched it. She like did the thing where you jump off and jump off and like tap your elbow and then you elbow it. From a woman. How did she? It was really intense. Did she? Did she smoke? Everyone makes mistakes. I'm not talking about crying out for its mother. <laughs> anyway, that guy. What do you? That guy needs. What therapy? Help. A lot of mental help. <laughs> Psychological. He's like every. What are they called again? I forgot because I haven't thought about them in a while. Every nice guy, but like dialed up to like 22. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm a total nice guy. Just every woman I've been with is the one that has a problem. Yeah, I'm such a nice guy. I think it's you. School bus because I wasn't popular. Just everybody is so like crazy to me. I don't know why. I don't know why everybody's so like irrational and crazy. Every woman is a b word. He died. Mm-hmm. He died, by the way. Good. Because my boys know that. He died at the age of 75. Good. Ew, 75. When, what year? Like he lived a long life. Yeah, gross. Disgusting. Right? What year? He died in 2014. Oh, grosser. 2014. I hope they... Yeah, that means he was alive until I was 10 years old. I hope they played Arctic Monkeys at his funeral. I hope they play Paramore. I hope they play Paramore at his funeral. That seems more fitting for him. 
I hope a bunch of prostitutes that were friends with the prostitutes he killed came and just desecrated his grave. Mm-hmm. Pee on the grave. OMG, for art history, we have to make a meme. And I put a picture of the palace at Versailles and I put, I have so much pee in me. <laughs> but I thought it was funny because they used to just like they used to just pull up their dresses and stuff, and they used to just pee and poop in the in the castle, and then they would clean out like once a year. That's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Why does it look that's, like that's my funny. dog? Really, I wondered why. Aww. Anyway, people wonder why there was so much. Why is its tongue out, Maggie? <laughs> he doesn't have any friend. teeth. Did <laughs> he get like <laughs> injuries or something? Because it's really off putting. You know the tweet that's really <laughs> the tweet that is like baby girl, you are weird and off putting. I resonate with that <laughs> dog resonates more. <laughs> anyway, Miss Brenna heard how it. cute. Yes, I do. <laughs> Sorry, I just got really funny. <laughs> oh, where'd it go? Okay. So mine is the murder of Gareth Williams, who um was a secret intelligence agent for uh, the UK and he lived in London and he was murdered in 2010 and he was found naked uh, decomposing in a North Face like sports like duffel bag that was padlocked and um, they think that yeah at least 14 people suspected of having been killed by Russian assassins in Britain. The police d- declare the death of Williams as quote-unquote probably an accident, which I don't think that's an accident. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, like probably. Like, oh, he just actually wound up in a bag with a padlock. But um, the British intelligence <laughs> agencies um, have been secretly communicating with American counterparts about suspicions about why the spy was executed or like they think like the motives behind these Russian assassins. Um, an ongoing um, investigation revealed that the British and American spy agencies have intelligence connecting a string of suspected assassins in the UK to Russian agents or just criminals who sometimes just work together. Um, and one high-ranking U.S. Um, intelligence agent said, the Kremlin has aggressively stepped up its efforts to eliminate and silence its enemies abroad over the past couple of years, mainly and particularly in Britain. And then another officer said that his death just suggested that the Russians just played a role in it because I guess the Russians just do everything. Um... Williams was a 31-year-old, and he worked in the uh, Britain's government communication headquarters. And months before his death, he had been working with the U.S. security agency, so he had those connections. And some British police sources um, that were involved in the case said some of his work was actually focused on Russia. And someone confirmed that the reports he had been helping uh, the NSA trace international mon- money laundering that were organized um, crime groups, including mafias in Russia. 
And then a coroner said he oversaw the inqu um, inquest into the spy's death and he noted it in a verdict that it was probably quote unquote criminally mediated. His conclusion was, wasn't what the government had wanted, according to one of the officers. In August of 2010, Williams went missing after he failed to show up to work and that's when his um, coworkers notified the police. And after his sister raised the alarm with his company, the detectives went to his um, secret service apartment in Pimlico, which is um, in London. And that's when they just discovered his body. One of the detectives involved in the case um, was one of the higher up officers at the scene. And he said he immediately suspected that foul play was involved and believed that the apartment or flat had been cleaned up to destroy evidence before the police arrived in the scene. Um, and again, it was in August, so obviously it was very hot. And the, the detective said when they showed up, his apartment was very warm and that's why the, his body decomposed faster. Um, and it was so badly like decomposed that it was very hard for the pathologist to determine whether Williams had certain poisons in his system when he died or basically just like finding the cause. He was found in, again, the North Face bag, which had been, it was found in, an, in a bathtub, but there was no fingerprints or traces of his DNA on the rim of the tub, on the bag or the padlock or anywhere really in the bathroom. And the key had been placed under the spy's decomposing body inside the bag. His laptop, his phone, and other work materials were all laid out on his table in the living room. And one of the detectives said it appeared that someone had staged the crime scene. So making sure that like all the DNA was gone, removing really any incriminating evidence, leaving out like weapon items. Um, and one of the detectives said it was pretty obvious that um, they wanted to clean up the scene because, yeah. <laughs> um, and Williams, was dead for about 10 days before um, his body was found. But no one at his company uh, had alerted the police. And even when they realized he was missing, they both denied taking or delayed taking action. And William's sister was the one who reported him missing and basically just like took the action um, in the morning. And then towards like the evening was when the agencies actually like called the police and they were like hey like check out his place like he hasn't been coming to work um and then one of the his higher-ups was like like they why do they need to go searching for him it's literally been like a few hours like it's not that big of a deal and the other investigators um wait but um the people were just kind of like hmm, okay and then another high-ranking detective who helped in the investigation, um, uh, he understood that the spy Williams had been working on Russian intelligence gathering months leading up to his death and his death ranked at the top end of suspiciousness. 
Um, William's uh, secretive work created immediate obstacles for the police and the murder detectives involved were blocked from interviewing his colleagues at his intelligence agency or reviewing any documents related to the cases. Um, and so they had a reply upon, upon police officers, the National Counterterrorism Force, um, who had security clearance to all his like documents and stuff. And one of the detective chiefs in charge of the case um, didn't even learn about some of the evidence relevant to the case, including he had nine computer memory sticks that were found in his bag at his office related to just um, cases. And then and then after William's death was basically reported, the police briefed the media that he had been visiting <laughs> He'd been visiting bonded websites and drug clubs and had 15,000 pounds, like the currency of women's designer clothing. And they think that maybe some like, he had like some sexual activities on the side and something just went wrong. Um, and then, but one of the main questions was how did, how was he like, put into the bag with the padlock on it. Um, and one of the pathologists said that, said it was possible, but um, an expert who specializes in like rescuing people from confined spaces said he tried to lock himself into an identical bag 300 different times, but failed, which is interesting. And some of the key evidence was lost because his, again, his body had been composing, decomposing for a very long time. And then, um, um, and William's family um, believed that there is a third party involved in his death and destroyed like all the evidence of the crime scene. And they think that the person who killed him was some member of some intelligence agency, uh, like, in, like very experienced. And one of the coroners, she delivered an open verdict saying that even though there was likely criminal involvement in his death, um, she couldn't say with certain, certainty. Um, and then a bunch of other coroners and detectives took on and they think that he quote unquote probably died by accident. And then some say it was theoretic theoretically possible that he had padlocked himself in the bag from the inside, though there are many questions that remain unanswered. And then, sorry, I lost my place. And then also at the same time, um, news sources have learned that um, the secret like intelligence agency that he worked at was sitting on a secret US intelligence case suggesting that William's death could be connected to his work with Russia, but um, the American officials and agents didn't say anything relating to his death, but um, four high-ranking intelligence services confirmed that this information had been shared with the Britain Secret Service. And then in 2013, after the police announced 
they believed his that they believed his death was an accident. The family released a statement saying the fact that the circumstances of his death are still unknown adds to our grief. And that's all. Sorry, I know that was very long. Uh, it was definitely the guy who said, why are we looking for him? It's only been a few hours. Like, that sounds so guilty. <laughs> I definitely don't think, like, he did this to himself. How like, nice. I feel like... Obviously. How, how, do you, how do you put a padlock on a bag you're in? They said it's possible. I'm in the market for a good bag. What kind of bag was it? For bodies? Uh, he used a North Face bag. Oh, a North Face bag? Like a double bag or something. Yeah. I don't know. He double bagged it? Absolutely. Baggy. Oh my god. (laughs) Why are you looking so... Why are you looking so... I don't know. They do have good bags. They look kind of like barrels, though. Yeah, I like North Face. So true. (laughs) I gave Maggie a mural of their name. Yes. It was uh, just my name written a whole bunch of times. That's yeah. all it was. And then it was like some cryptic stuff that was like, let me, let me, let me read it. Because it was kind of cryptic. It was, life doesn't feel real. Is this real? And it was, it was my name, name written a whole bunch of times. Yeah. I'm going to be real with you. We had a substitute in psychology. How did we go from body bags like, to to this? I was just thinking about <laughs> I don't it. Know. I was thinking about it because I was fake writing Maggie's name with this pen. And I was like, um, she was like, it's time to write about your feelings. And I was like, I'm gonna end it all. And I started writing a bunch of stuff on the board and I just started writing Maggie's name. And then I was like, I'm gonna send this to Maggie. into a dog not the serve you think i'm kidding he's a lovely just so everyone knows what was happening was i just put the camera right in front of my dog's face the dog and- my dogs my dogs she met her feet yeah hey, um please don't by the way maggie you need so to we can get maggie's dog some veneers no he he doesn't even have roots like Keith roots to put them on. I got no roots. For for veneer, do you even know what veneers are? Gosh, Lauren, you're so uneducated. You have to just, like shave down your tooth to like put it on. Yeah, but you have to actually have a tooth. You can. My dog has it. no tooth. Put a toothpick up there and put it on. The- <laughs> oh, what hurts? Stop. Stop. Like a marshmallow. Made me sweat. My dog is so happy. My dog is so happy with his toothless. Okay, anyway, me, okay. my turn. How do you know he can't talk? My turn, my turn. So my one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done is the Florida Man episode. So I have three short little Florida yeah. pieces. The first okay. one is Florida Man Breaks into Home, Sucks on Sleeping Man's Toes. Yes. that's that's what i needed to hear this is an ongoing um investigation the police are currently on the lookout for a florida man who broke into a home and sucked on a man's toe 
Um, the incident occurred <laughs> on Christmas Eve. According to the resident, he awoke to find the Florida man at his feet who proclaimed that he broke into the home to suck toes. Oh. began to fondle the man, according to the police report. After the two got, in the, got into a fight, the Florida man smashed a window and then the victim's windshield before making an escape. He has not been found. This is a real Florida man. Say why you would want to find him. I think if someone were to do that to me, I'd just be like, He broke just... his like windshield in his window though, and sucked on his toe and fondled him. Yeah, but like, do you yeah. want to find the guy that fondled your toe? Is it really worth it? That's like a lot of charges. That's that is a lot of charges, actually. Yeah. Um, starting with breaking into the house and then fondling, mm-hmm. sucking on a toe should be a charge itself. You should. Smashing, getting in a fight with him, smashing his window. Would there be, would there be different degrees to sucking toes? Like if it's more than like two. Unfortunately, in the article, describe how intense the toe sucking was, but we can only imagine. I'm I'm sure this dude has recounted it several times. Um, Oh, poor, poor man. The second one is Florida man removes nine foot alligator from a pool nine foot there's a video he just he goes up to the little alligator and he picks him up and he like raises him above his head and then he's like oh i'll get him out (laughs) i love war the man that's literally he's just like get out of my pool and if you like look at the alligator he's like okay it looks like he kind of likes being held like that he has like he has him in like an embrace the alligator just says okay. Yeah, he's just like okay. Um, at least, at least he got. At least the man got the alligator's consent. Maggie, I don't know if they discussed it before, but like he was, he looks like he was having a good time. If he had longer arms, he would probably um hug him back. Facts. Oh, that would be so cute. Alligator best friend. Alligator but just let Best friend, opposite friends check. I don't remember the songs for that one, but um, also another alligator story. Florida man pries open gator's mouth to get his dog back. Oh, oh. Um, well, a Florida man leaped into action to save his dogs from the clutches of a nine-foot alligator. I wonder if it's the same alligator. It probably is. There's only a few nine-foot alligators. In there's the actually only one. Can I just say? It's actually possible my man will get his dog back because alligators don't chew. Um, I don't think he would get his dog back alive, though. Well, depending on how the alligator, like, swallowed it. Mm, Okay, the the man rushed outside to see his chocolate lab in a canal with an alligator. Without hesitation, the Florida man jumped into the canal and pried open the gator's jaws to free his dog. Both Florida man and the dog were injured, but expected to make a full recovery. The dog was taken to the vet to be examined. They're both alive today. Yeah. And the alligator. That's so good. They deserve it. That's a hero. Maggie's getting more wild, more. That's an enemies to love her. The picture for this um, is a nice beauty shot of an alligator. It's actually quite wonderful. 
quite splendid. He's really beautiful. <laughs> I'm actually going to save this image. Yep. Save it as Gator on my desktop. Oh. So it's the Gator that the dog, that it tried to eat the dog. Well, no, not that one. He's just, I think he's like, um, just like a commercial model. I don't know. He has the face for it. He's actually a really. Model. I'm going to look at this picture later. I just hope you'll know that. I'll put it in the Slack. This said commercial model. That's whack to me. He does. He Gator P and G. If he had um, hair, then he'd probably be like a Pantene model or something. Uh -huh. Yeah, or like a good looking, probably like a, a hand model. A hand Hold model. on, it's loading right now. I looked already. Definitely would be a hand model. That's how I feel. He's Bryn, did you just flip us off? I was really scratching my head. Oh, okay. Bryn, I saw that. Okay. Just so our listeners know, um, she definitely flipped us off anyway. Oh, it's so cute. Bryn, the moment's passed. <laughs> that is a little harsh. It did. The moment passed. I don't know what to say. Maggie, you really just bullied like, me. We can talk about it later, but like... I When did I bully you? Um, Alina just said in the Slack, ah, I fell asleep. No. Brent said, <laughs> and come on. Remember when I, I fell asleep and more. I joined in the last like minute? <laughs> yes, I do. I'm going to say she can join. We are, we are still recording. You want to say hi before the outro? Oh, she's done this before, hasn't she? Where she I believe she just said it. Oh. They're fighting again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I almost yelled at many students today, but they're they're fighting they're my school. Whoa. I'm in my natural habitat. How do you all feel about this thing? Maybe ever. This is really sad. It is a little right. sad. If Bren never starts recording the next season, then this is it. Okay, oh. I'll do it if she doesn't do it. No. No. Yeah. No. 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 You're gonna record the next season. That's what I've gotten from this season finale. Bren, Bren, do you want to edit this one? Yeah. I would, but I haven't as really. As long busy. as you get it to me by tomorrow, by like. 4 oh, I can't do that. I'm about to fall asleep. By four p.m. I can't. Bren, what? You don't have time during the day tomorrow. You work. I have school. It's an asynchronous day. <laughs> Really? Oh, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. Literally everyone in my theater class thought it was, and it's not. I promise you. My mom asked me that. I was like, that's such a weird thing to ask, mom. No, it's not. Do not listen to Lauren. She tells you lies. Okay, Bryn's going to um, edit this episode, so if it's no. really bad, it's Bryn's fault. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then Lauren purposefully edits it horribly. <laughs> Or an edit for her and says you're useless. I just put last week's episode up again. Oh. Happy last episode, everyone. Um. Wait, are we gonna wait for Alina to pop in? She's not joining. Oh. 
<laughs> Savage. Sorry, everyone. You don't get an Alina today. Um, this has been a lovely semester. It has. This has been fun. Maggie? This is really sad. This is a farewell. You'll never see goodbye, me. Maggie. I'm not well, even joking. I'll see you tomorrow, but goodbye, Maggie. I've still not met, like, half of y'all in person. That's okay. No, I just okay. kind of met Bryn today, so, I mean, that's, like, half of you down. I'm fully vaxxed now. <gasps> me too! My mom is actually letting me get my vaccine soon, or my dad is, so I'm supposed to get vaccinated. Oh my gosh, we should totally meet up, y'all. Good. It's gonna happen, and then we might make an in-person podcast. Yeah. And then we get canes. It's the special. And it'll be a secret, over-the-summer, exclusive podcast. We just dropped that thing in the middle of July or something. <laughs> it's like, Yonda's like, what? <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to the final episode of the first season. I will not be here next year. Oh, That's so sad. Imani won't cry. be here either. And neither will Alina. But it's okay, it's guys, really because I, I already have a couple detectives that might join us. Bryn, no one cares. I don't I don't care. This is my moment to shine. Um, thank you, Miss Yonda, <laughs> for giving us a platform. So true. It gave me a little space in the broadcast community that I didn't know I would have from home. Lovely. Um, fills me with purpose. I wish we got a yearbook spread, Bryn. Um, What'd you say? I wish we got a yearbook spread. Yeah, Bryn, what's up with that? I wasn't in charge. I didn't have the CCTV page. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Bren and Maggie will see you next year. Yeah, so exciting. And we'll probably be in person, so we'll get to record in the studio all together. (gasps) Oh my god, so exciting. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Bye. Oh my god. (laughs) No, I'm not. Yes, she is.